Hello, I'm Deb Han. Welcome to Ambassadors, the podcast. I firmly believe we're all here in service of each other in some way, shape or form. For some, it's to teach, others to help, for some to make, and for others to sell what you make. I could go on, but bottom line, we're all part of a rich tapestry of life and we each contribute to our own patch of the weave. Some do this with more conviction than others. Now, if like me, you're fascinated and inspired by the works of people, then you're so in the right place. Ambassadors is a podcast rich in conversations and messages dedicated to bring faith into focus. And by faith, no, we're not going to church, unless you're referring to the my body is a temple kind. Because for me, faith is about finding and then following answers in the heart. See what I did there? Finding answers in the heart. That's faith. So listen to the stories and experiences of those who have found and then followed their heartfelt answers. Allow their stories to inspire your own version of what's possible. Because if they can do it, so can you. Let their story show you a way forward. Enjoy. Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome to what I'm going to describe as a truly joyful episode of Ambassadors, the podcast today. I am so delighted to share with you Jill Holden's story, a delightful, a delightful Irish Aussie. There we go. We were going to start with her huge family back in Ireland in Dublin and the pathway that sort of brought her here to Oz and how she started out her um, her working life and really how a very early working experience became such a growth gift for her and who she's become professionally. So we're going to hear very much about her um, her faith, hope, love and luck. There's the Irish for you beautiful people. Clover Lane Consulting is the name of her business. Her not-for-profit is Take a Chance on Me. Please check the links out below here in the, in, the, in, the, in the show notes. But seriously, apart from Jill's story and the wonderful road that we meandered down today, it's her commitment to recruitment coaching that's a little different. She's got this gorgeous, holistic, and dare I say, healing offering, especially for those that have gone through the shock of redundancy, um, and honestly, it's it's just it's such a gift to be able to share her story with you. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I love connecting. And honestly, if you find yourself in that's in that redundant sort of scenario with your work, especially as a result of the pandemic, do yourself a beautiful favor, reach out and connect because this girl is a gift for your soul. All right. Tune in, see you on the other side. Hello, Jill. How are you, gorgeous? I am absolutely fantastic, Deb. How are you? Uh, all the better for hanging out with you this morning. Oh, I'm so glad. It's such a beautiful day here in Melbourne. Isn't absolutely it? stunning. The sun is shining and it's still, and I love that stillness, you know. Um, there's no wind, there's no rain. I love that too, but this yeah. is just a beautiful morning to wake up to. 
Yeah, it's a beautiful time of year, spring, you know, when everything's kind yeah. of waking up and, you know, mm. like you say, the sun comes out to play and it's just oh. the stillness is beautiful. So oh, it just sings in my heart. It's absolutely divine. I love it. And it's and more so that we're on the other end of lockdown, which is just so great, isn't it? You know, yeah. so exciting. So Melbourne's waking up. Come into the party. <laughs> Oh, it's, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, before we get into all of that, I'd, yeah. I, I want to invite you, if you will, just um, give us a, a little snapshot about Jill Holden's world. Yeah. Who are you? What do you do? Mm. Um, and, you know, we'll explore that more as, as we get into the yeah. but give us a little Okay, snapshot. let's let's do Will I start at the start, at the very beginning, or will I bring oh, it up? Oh, look at you going to the sound a... of music. Okay, let's just start. <laughs> so... You know, you can probably hear from my accent that I'm from Dublin. (laughs) I have been in Australia for about 25 years. Um, The Australian, uh, sorry, the the Irish accent is not one to lose quite Mm. as easy as others, I believe. So here we are. It's a little bit mixed up, but sure, it is what it is. And I'm from a very big family back in Ireland. I've got four brothers, three sisters, and I've been living here since now, about since I was 19 or so. So it's it's been it quite the journey and one that has seen me take that road alone as such you know it doesn't mean that I've been fully alone but my family mainly live on the other side of the world and there's a few of us that are scattered around um, you know taking on various amounts of projects for one reason or another. Do you get together um, very often and I'm sorry to interrupt on your story but as a family do you connect regularly or? We are a super close family so that doesn't mean it hasn't come with its challenges now of course you know when you have a big family there's all sorts of different challenges that you face but um but we are look we've always been a very very close-knit uh connected family and we bounce off each other in the good times and in the bad and that's brothers and sisters and you know we'll often uh, I would have typically in the first few years of being in Australia I would have probably gone home more so than I do now now we can't travel so that's a different kind of kettle of fish but I would have traveled a lot more probably every two years whereas as my girls got older it was just harder, you know, it was a lot harder to get home. It was expensive. Mm. You know, I was a single mom for a lot of the time and, and you know, it's just, it's just very difficult. So the social media is great for that. You know, if there's anything positive, yeah, socials, it's the fact that we can connect like this yeah. with each other. So we've been doing that for a while. Now we just do it more because you know, it's what everyone's doing, so it's acceptable behavior. Yeah. <laughs> but you started do. it. You started it. You so started it way back yeah. when. <laughs> I, we are like we are. We've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> so yeah, we do connect. We we have. Um, I've got a girls-only group with me and my three sisters, and then we've got a, a family group that we've called Cheaper by the Dozen. So we're all in that in that group, and then we've got a group with my mom. So we kind of separate it to the needs, I suppose. But um. Cool. We have a lot of fun, you know, yeah. connecting. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm always curious about yeah. um, certainly large families, but more importantly, large families that that's going to scatter across the globe. Yeah. How do you maintain that connection? And, you know, um, and do you have like the family reunions and gatherings oh, around the table yeah. and all of that, you know? 
We call it the round table. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though we, we're not actually sitting at a round table these days, um, but we still call it the round table meeting. So whenever anything goes wrong or good, whenever there's any news, whether that yeah. be good or bad, we generally would call, let's sit at the round table and have a discussion about this. So it's, it's quite lovely, you know, yeah. and we'll all get involved. We all have our opinions. Nobody is wrong. It's just yeah. our perception is accepted. That's, you know, and our perspective is accepted from all. So that's just the way we, we run right. it. Um, but the other thing is, um, you know, we found ourselves scattered, like literally scattered all over the globe. You know, I've got a brother in Florida and I've got one that's mainly lived in Iraq and he has a humanitarian uh, business that he's been running now. He had a seven year anniversary the other day. So he's very proud. And I'm obviously very proud of him for that too, because it's a, it's a big undertaking, mm. but yeah, so it's, it's um, an interesting, you know, large family journey. Yeah, day. absolutely. The thick of the weave and all of that deal. Yeah. So, okay. So sorry, I interrupted your story about who you are. Oh, that's, okay. <laughs> that's totally fine. So who am I? So that's who I am. That's where I've come from. And then yeah. of course, been here in Australia and and um, I have my three daughters um, Caitlin and Eve and Roisin and they're uh, you know young women now my youngest is 14 so uh, you know they're all taking on their own or beginning to take on their own journeys my youngest yeah. is um, you know quite a strong-minded little individual but how I got here you know obviously in this most recent um, year I've now begun my own business global mm. and consulting and how that all evolved was really from you know the reality is Deb I think this is within me and has been for a very long time mm. and what I what I mean by that is the working with people and the yeah. human aspect of business okay yeah. so that's where my passion lies and if I was to really unpack what that meant and and why why I feel that I'm so connected to to that specific component it probably does stem back to a the fact that I've got this really large family and we've had this kind of way of dealing with you know adversity and you know issues and in a way it's kind of like running a little business yeah yeah <laughs> totally about it. Um, but then you know taking on the journey of living on my own in Australia um, I've been married twice so I married my first husband in Australia it wasn't ideal Let's just relieve that there, but that wasn't an ideal <laughs> scenario. And, um, and we so don't need what, to be the couch out, Jill. No, 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 we won't be the couch out. Leave the couch where it is. We're all good. <laughs> but the one thing that I did learn from that was I, I found myself at that time falling in and out of um, bad relationships. And I don't mean personally, I actually mean professionally. Right. And whilst I was on that journey within, and asking myself, what's all this about? I found that I wasn't actually asking, why is this happening to me? I never really asked that question. Mm. I was always, I always had the ability to ask, what is, what's this about? What does this mean? What, what does this mean? I feel like there's, there's more to this purpose. And, and then I, um, had a, I got a job when I was 20, let's say. I was very young. Um, in a in a um, distribution center, you know, and I was uh, working twelve hour shifts, and the boss was absolutely horrendous. He was an abs- he was just a bully from in all mm. respects, and he just took a real dislike to who I was, and I I couldn't figure it out, you know, 
I remember thinking people would say to me, you don't have to put up with this, you know, do this and do that. But I became really intrigued by him as a person. Mm. And again, I start asking, why is this happening? Why is this happening? What's the purpose behind this? So I felt like when I look back on my 20 year old self that I start looking at him in a different way, not in a, I can't cope with this. I almost became an external factor to who I was. And I was trying to piece together this puzzle of why he was treating me so poorly. Mm. And he would say to people, you know, if you speak to her, I'm going to sack you. So he would isolate oh, wow. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how bad it was. It was really, but it stuck in my head and it, and it became a real, uh, there's my purpose. There's the reason why this has evolved. That was, you know, I thank him now because mm. I can say that that has never left me and any other person that I met that I felt was a bully or, you know, was in management that just wasn't doing what they should be doing with the people it really formed and helped me mold mm. uh, the purpose behind why I'm so passionate about focusing on the humans in the business and making businesses realize or not making them realize, but highlighting it, you know, highlighting, shining a light on the humans. And yeah. saying, if it's not for them, this doesn't exist. Yeah. If we don't fix this. If we don't really <clears throat> mend what's happening here. This business doesn't exist. Mm. So Let's talk about that for a minute, you know. Yeah. Very um, cool. Yeah. So I get it. I want to commend you if I can, Jill, because yeah. you're actually highlighting um we had um we on, on Ambassadors recently we had um Donnie Wolford from Behind Closed Doors and right. so she runs a lot of women's mentoring programs. Like mm. her mission is to get women onto boards, right? Yeah. And one of the key things that you just touched on that she speaks about so passionately is that women have this tendency or not exclusively women, but there's this tendency to go, I don't have time for that. You know, so your response to being bullied, like many would go, I don't have time for that. I'm out of here. You just think whatever. And and the thing that she spoke about so passionately about is that we need to face that stuff. You know, women need to actually have time for that and explore it. And so your response is perfect. And it's not at all a surprise to see where it's led you because you mm. have you've allowed that to grow you, to nurture you. And now you're in that space where you're going, I actually thank that guy, you know. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know, um, and there's a flip side to that as well. And I've learned this later on in life, Deb. Yeah. So on this journey of, you know, that I put that as the beginning stages of me really understanding why I wasn't in a place where I was saying, um, I have to run away from this. I recognized the bully within and I somehow didn't become a victim to, to that bully, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean that you shouldn't. I, I can't say that everyone would feel the same. And I completely understand anyone that goes through that and can't deal with that. That's totally acceptable. And I guess that's what I'm doing now is focusing on those individuals who can't cope with that and potentially need to leave because mm. you actually don't need to put up with that. That's, so I highlight that again, that I'm not su- suggesting that anyone stay in a situation. That was just my coping mechanism at the time. Yeah. But, what, but what, what happened beyond that was I recognized too that I was accepting relationships into my life that were toxic And so I had to, and I didn't realize this either until much later on in life, when I 
went through some really emotional, really tough times. And I had to really sit with myself alone. Mm. And being alone in pain is not a good place for me as a connector. Naturally, mm. I don't like that space. Being alone happy, I'm fine. Yeah. But being alone <laughs> sad is not a good thing because it really means I have to dig deep and, and, and find a place of comfort. And that's just almost an impossible task. Yeah. But I did, um, I did have to go through, I went through that journey um, and I had to do that to set boundaries. Yeah. Because there has to be a balance of, okay, I'm in this space now and I'm going to allow myself to learn from this. But how much do you take before it starts to eat away at who you are as an individual? And so the important thing here is to set boundaries in relationships. And I think we can often lose our way with that, especially yeah. at work, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it's hard, isn't it? Because, you know, we have to pay bills, you know, mm. we're, so it's separating, you know, and I've got bills to pay. I've got responsibilities that I need to meet, but I want to be doing something that speaks to my soul. And yeah, so the whole journey kind of evolved really from that very first man that was a very big bully. And, yeah. um, well and, done. Um, and, so, and so then over the course of time, you've found yourself in, um, dare I say, HR kind of roles yeah, within, within business. And now, and now... Yeah. You've taken the brave. Actually, this is this is what I think is most spectacular about you, Jill. Right. So along comes COVID, yeah. when everybody else is kind of you know hunkering down and you know playing the safe game. You've just gone bugger that. I'm going to yeah. launch my own business, Clo Clover Lane Consulting. Bring it on. Let's make. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? And and again, that journey even unfolds more. Like Deb, we could be here for a week talking about. <laughs> In fact, I'd be, I'd probably, be okay with that, Jill, by the way. I'd be completely you and I, yeah, we could probably take on a whole journey, you know, over the course of a year with this, you know. But anyway, let's try and lock it up in an hour and see how we go. Um, yeah, so, so about six years ago, um, I had decided, probably seven years ago, I decided that I really, I had taken the journey so far with working with people. And when you, when you think about my very beginning stages working in that awful organization and Every role that I took beyond that, I was drawn to the people. I didn't go in with the intention of managing them or, you know, focusing on making the team great or anything like that. But I was drawn to all sorts of different things. So where I would feel like the people would come to me as a safety net, they would always be drawn to who I was. They'd want to communicate with me about their innermost secrets or if they had issues within the business or if they were afraid to go to their HR department, they'd come to me and say, what do I do? Mm. So I knew that there was, you know, there was something within that and I needed to grow on that. And I, and I enjoyed that. I liked to give back in that respect. About six, seven years ago, I decided I was going to start my own business in recruitment and coaching. Mm. But I still had missing pieces, I suppose. I was still trying to figure it out. And life took a turn and situations changed for me. And I had to park that idea. I couldn't take that journey any further at that particular time. And that was okay. I almost forgot about it and moved on. And I found myself in another role um, in a recruitment uh, company. And the journey was excellent. You know, we, have, we had this absolutely great space. I met some amazing people that will be with me now forever on this journey you know because you you know I, I tend to bring people along with me as I as I meet them you know throughout yeah. but um 
and that was just so so wonderful you know the the experience was really great and I and I'm so grateful for that then COVID hit and well I lost my job I was stood down and um, as many were you know and that was just the way it was at the time and you know you have to kind of take it as it is and that happened to be the 17th of March this year and um St. Patrick's Day believe it or not oh you're kidding yeah St. Patrick's Day so I had already written a list of if I was going to have my own business what would I call it what would I call it yeah and I had about a hundred names and this was well before like this was before COVID hit so it was clearly something that I'd been playing with again you know and I had written down about a hundred names and on the list of names was Clover the Clover Group or Clover Lane Consulting or the Clover Lane Group and I was trying to come together with that and the lane of course then being stood down on St. Patrick's Day meant that the Clover which you know represents faith hope love and luck yeah just made perfect sense to me not just because I'm Irish but because it was St. Patrick's Day yeah representation of the clover the four-leaf clover it's just yeah yeah we all needed that and COVID brought in that space of needing that security you know we all would have been and now look back desperate for security in this space Mm. and the lane bit was interesting because um I'm from a little, um, a little, I'm from Dublin, but I grew up in a beautiful part of the world called Greganamana County, Kilkenny. And my, um, my family. Can you say that again slowly? (laughs) Yes, it's Greganamana. And it's spelt, let me just tell you this, G-R-A-I-G-U-E-N-A-M-A-N-A-G-H. I would never have got that look Greg the man of County Kilkenny, beautiful little town in County Kilkenny. And my dad was from there. My family lived there now. But when I was home, we had a family reunion, Christmas gone. And when I was there, I was with one of my cousins, Louise. And, um, and she took me, she said to me and my partner, Justin, she said, Let, I want to take you down to this beautiful little laneway. And um, it's one of the smallest laneways, I think, in the world, but certainly in Ireland. And... Um, and she gave me the backstory of the laneway and it was a woman that lived in the house and they were building a bridge or something beside a house. And she said, all I want is a laneway so I can go to the back where the lake is. Oh, There's wow. a tiny little narrow laneway that it's almost impossible to get down. But when you get to the back of a house, there's this beautiful view and it's a safe and secure space. And I thought Clover Lane is the name of this business. And that's how it was a safety, you know, it was all about safety and security. So wow. there you go. That's, um, that's no, how the name is. Stories like that. There's just, yeah. there's so much meaning in, in, in the whole, and, and not just meaning like this, there's, there's connection to who you are. Like it's in your DNA. That's what's really so beautiful about it. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. so how does that, how does Clover Lane Consulting express itself? What's your mm. service and how do yeah. you deliver this faith, hope, love and luck to the people you yeah. serve? And so if you think about this year again, if we, we can just focus on this year because it's brought us all sorts of different journeys and levels of experiences, you know, um, and some of them really sad. And there's been a lot of redundancies um, throughout this journey um clover lane consulting really focuses on when you think of employment in every respect okay Mm. for and look i come from a healthcare now background but 
I don't like just saying that I work only in the healthcare space because my the 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 consulting and coaching process that I take is definitely much more holistic and it can really benefit any industry, you know. Um, and I like to think that I've got that ability to mold the people of the business within any industry. It's really just about the relationships that I build with the seniors of the team. Mm. And if we click and we're on the right pathway, well, then that's when we, we tell that we should work together. Not necessarily because your health, but more because we're speaking a similar language, you know? Yeah. But when we look at the, um, the situations of COVID, it's been really filled with a lot of redundancies. And I um, have worked through redundancies with individuals, you know, that have just been hit hard this year. Um, and we could never have imagined that this was going to be the case. I mean, I get that the businesses too are suffering, you know, and potentially don't even know how to deal with this. The, mm. the problem is so large, you know, um, and we're not at the end of it by any means. We're only going to see increased redundancies as the months flow on. Um, in certain industries, of course, mm. um, <clears throat> but the you know dealing with the, when you take when you take the redundancy and how you coach that and nurture that process, and then the amount of redundancies and what I was trying to focus on was going back to the business and saying, let's add that in to as a package for the person, for the individual, for the human that gave you what they gave you in your business. Now it's time to let them go. Just let them, let them down gently almost, add yeah. that redundancy package in. And, you know, as a way to offer a step forward for their next career path. And I guess that's where I come in. Mm. That's one component because of course, that's the offboarding process of, of, you know, employment. And then there's yeah. the onboarding. And, you know, yeah. what is your team? And do you need me to kind of step in? And I work more in that kind of external human resource component, whereas I like to call myself Mary Poppins of business, you know, so we're <laughs> pop in, make it all good, work with the people. Are we happy? Are we good? Are we doing the right thing? Are we all, you know, treating each other with respect? What does that look like? And then fly out again. Yeah. And then it's more ad hoc. You get to know these businesses and they can call on you if there's any issues or concerns. Mm. Um, they don't necessarily need to have a full HR team. But just having that security blanket behind the, the management is, is huge. It's a huge mm. benefit. So, you know, those that you've worked with where <clears throat> you've been incorporated into that redundancy component yeah. and you, so you're getting alongside them. What do you notice the most, or maybe is, there might be a particular experience or story mm -hmm. that sort of stands out for you, has where redundancy has maybe been, dare I say, a gift for someone, like, yeah. you know, really been an, an opportunity yeah. for an awakening and a new chapter maybe? Yeah, and that's usually the case, but that's a journey to take for the individual, isn't it? Because, mm -hmm. see, when you, when you go through redundancy, which I have done myself, mm. this year I was stood down. I, I didn't get to redundancy stage because I was stood down and then I made a decision to move forward with my business. Mm. But I have gone through that myself before. And there's a level of grief that you go through when, you, when you're made redundant. Even when you know that you're going to go through the redundancy, there's still a process that you have to go through. Like, you know, you're letting go of friends, of people, of your way of living. You have to mm. think about what all that means. And usually there's a bit of a panic, you know, what next? And of course, then that even is heightened if, 
you know, if we are more mature in our redundancy, you know, so, you know, candidates and clients will say to me, Jill, you know, what if nobody wants to hire me? Everyone's hireable, by the way, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, and I make that very clear, but it's just about where and how and why, and again, what speaks to your soul, but that's not what they're thinking of when they've been made redundant. The one thing I can say about adding it to a redundancy package, the, the beauty of that is in the midst of the horrible feeling of they didn't want me anymore, because that actually is ultimately what a person will feel when the dust settles, when the time has been given to heal, when the coaching has been, you know, nurtured and, and that journey has been taken, these individuals will always look back and say, you know what, I really hated that they made me redundant, but I'm so grateful that they gave me you as a coach to help me through that process. That has been the one thing that has come back to me where, yeah. you know, now the people that I've coached are back in employment and they That's are working awesome. again, which is wonderful. And they're happy and, um, and, and they're on a different journey. You know, it's yeah. opened up a whole new door, but it, there's a, again, it's an unpacking process for them and it's, you know, peeling back the layers of hurt Mm. and then getting to a point where they can say you know this is where I'm at this is a new pathway and I'm so grateful that they gave me you to work with me through on that and if if companies if industry's done that more you know I always think as a company as an organization I want to be looked at as somebody who really genuinely cares about my people I want that and I think we should all want that no matter how big or small we are um there's differences with offboarding processes, you know, where somebody will help you fill in a resume and, you know, do a few things to kind of get you on board. But to really kind of create a holistic approach around coaching that individual and nurturing them into the next phase of their life, that's a whole new ball game. And yeah. businesses really need to focus on that. I mean, I'm one person, but let's be honest, the world is a big place. Yeah. And there's loads of wonderful coaches out there that would be more than willing to take that on and support the journey as well. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, So listen, building on your ethos, because you're, again, you know, hello, Mm -hmm. COVID, yes, we'll start a new business. But no, you haven't just started a new business. You've also started a new not for profit. So, you know, is there any end to your awesomeness, Jill? Tell us, detail. I'm going to fill you in on that detail. Yes, I have. And again, this brings me to, I suppose, this ties into my own personal journey too. Um, And not only my journey, I've met a lot of women along my journey that have Mm. gone through this. And I'm going to talk to you about a topic that's, you know, hard, I suppose, for a lot of people, but it's family violence. Okay. Mm. So when we talk about family violence, you know, that covers a lot. You know, there's there's so much, there's so many intricate components to what that means. Mm. A lot of people don't realize that for somebody that goes through the family violence journey, they usually need a whole host of amazing individuals to help them get from the crisis, the, you know, leaving the crisis, being in the crisis, you know, how do you get out of that crisis stage? You know, what next? What about the children? You know, who 
this is not a one person job. There's yeah. usually an What army. are the resources that are available oh, yeah. to them? And yeah, absolutely. Because there's often use... they're, so, they're so in it that they can't see oh, what's available, all the hands that are there extending to help too. They yeah. are in yeah. it. They're in it. Yeah. And, we, and they, there cool. is no, there is no vision beyond mm. what they are in at that, in that moment. And, it, you know, in, in one respect, you know, their mind is in staying alert and safe. Mm. Okay, and then the other part of them is looking after their children and eating, even, you know, mm -hmm. having food to eat. Like, I mean, the thoughts that this could go again, we could talk about that for a whole year in itself. And, yeah. you know, more than happy to with anyone that needs to, because just to shed the light on the importance of this. So I really always wanted to focus on helping women. I had a dream, Deb. I know mm -hmm. this is crazy, but about 20 years ago, and probably when I was going through my own journey of bullying and personal and professional, not so great experiences, I remember having a dream in a conversation with an old friend who said to me, she said to me, Jill, I see you on this block of land with um, loads of women and you're supporting them. There's um, martial arts and there's cooking classes and there's, you know, growing your own vegetables and there's all sorts of resources to really kind of find the woman who needs the help and rebuild her beyond what she has experienced to create that space of, you know, I'm, I'm fully independent and I'm capable and I can and I will. And, you know, I don't need anyone else around me to do this. And and I dreamt that after that, and it's been stuck in my mind all of these years. You know, you kind of think of something, I'd, I'd get lost in my dream and think, oh, wouldn't that be lovely to be able to do that? As the years have unfolded, it's kind of got closer and closer and closer to a more of a reality. And that's mm. where I'm at today. So I started Clover Lane and I was still stuck in, I need to do more. I don't want Clover Lane just to be about me having this flourishing business. There has to be more of a give back. Um, and whilst it, Clover Lane is about, you know, managing the businesses and the people within, what can I do for those who don't know what they're meant to do? What mm. can I do for people who don't know? And so family violence became something that I start looking at again and then that became overwhelming because I thought I can't be everyone on this journey for one individual. Where can I fall into this? And then I start thinking I can support people in the financial abuse area. So, you know, financial abuse is one component to family violence. Okay. Mm. It's one thing. It's one way to control a woman who is going through a family violence um, situation, because if you don't have any money, how do you move forward? Yeah. And it actually will drag you back because of somebody else is in control of the bank accounts and the finances and the food and the whatever you, medication and health and all and so on. How do you move forward? It's very difficult to get out of that. Mm. So where I knew then that I had to focus, okay, well, what about these women who've never had a chance to work or never had a chance to get back to work, potentially has lost themselves on their quest to save somebody who's not savable. Mm. And so I knew then that I needed to create my own not-for-profit, which I now have successfully called Take a Chance on Me. Beautiful. Take a Chance on Me will focus fully on all of those women who are now at that point. So they've gone through the journey with their amazing group of um, supporters and they're ready and they're asking the question, who am I? Hmm. Who am I? You know, and it might start with that. Who am I? What do I want? What is my journey? What am I here for? What about me now? 
Yeah. I'm out of this situation and I'm ready for the journey. And that's where I come in, you know, and that's where I take a chance on me will come in. So they, um, the idea will be to coach these individuals to understand who they are, um, you know, to find out what their hero attribute is. And that comes from the heart. That's not because you've learned it um, in, on a job. That's something we're all here for a reason. So it's yeah. finding that purpose and then knocking on the doors of these industries and saying, can you please take a chance on these beautiful women who are ready to take on a traineeship, who are ready and are grateful for that opportunity and just give them that opportunity to grow and flourish and give them back their power. Beautiful. You know, um, <clears throat> just listening to you, I always, I always remember, I, I was sharing this with you before yeah. we started recording, um, when um, we were, I was coaching you, we were in a yeah. coaching session and uh, I asked you one, I mean, I asked you lots of questions. Yeah. <laughs> there was one yeah. question in particular that just, you know, you just lit up like a beacon and, uh, you know, as if I wasn't already madly, deeply in love with you at that point in time. Yeah. I, I just simply said to you, Jill, what if, what if money was unlimited or you could, you know, with unlimited resources, what would you do? And, you know, traditionally it's so interesting when, um, you know, that question gets asked in the coaching context so many times. The the knee-jerk response, the auto response is, oh, well, I'd hire someone to do this or I'd, or I'd get this person in or I'd go there yeah. or, you know, there's that, that kind of deal. But your instant response, you didn't even stop to think about it. Yeah. Your straight response was, oh, my goodness, I'd impact more lives. And it was yeah. just – it was all about – how how many more people you would reach and yeah. how many how many how much more you could sow into others and bring forward their difference and their value and like you say we're all here for a reason and yeah. that's that whole you know I often talk about being in the thick of the way when we're in service of each other and it's just that's that beautiful rich tapestry of life right mm -hmm. so um it's so I love your vision so Jill and your Thank contribution you, is extraordinary I'm so glad that you, you know, think that it is, you know, and so I, I get a, I, you know, I suffer from imposter syndrome a lot of the time too. You're welcome you know, to the human race. <laughs> yes, it's, I know that's a thing and I have to shake myself and say, just move forward. You're on a track. This is, you know, this is something that I've been thinking up for, mm. I think my entire life. It's not mm. something that just happened this year. It's the way that it's molded for me. And I guess all of the experiences that I've learned through life has given me the tools now to be able to really deliver that and I'm just on this mission um you know I I think I always say power in numbers and yeah. for women in these situations the more power they have behind them and the more people that get behind them the less we'll see you know the statistics in Australia is is horrible you know mm -hmm. if, you, if I follow a few of the sites and I see these um, statistics on a daily basis and it really is just an absolutely horrendous number of women that are affected by this and you know my contribution to that is I can teach them how to find who they are uh, yeah. beyond that that pain and I'm determined to do that and anyone that wants to help me do that I'm more than willing for them to jump in and I'm constantly connecting with others that want to help as well so yeah. you know there's all sorts of ways you know whether it be sponsorship or coaching support or employment uh, industries that say look I'm happy to be you know an ambassador of take it of take a chance on me where they can 
leave space open for these um, these beautiful women every year let's say and and have offerings we'll make sure in the show notes i've got i'll have your um your website contact details so that people can connect and and reach out to you and contribute when and where they can and and even connect with you for your service too more importantly you know so if they if they find them if they're resonating with your message right then make contact with you and i'm i'm really curious jill as far as because you know you've had a really rich and diverse life experience right if you were um yeah if you were to get alongside someone now like you know someone someone might be listening right now who are they're in that zone of oh man she's got the coolest life I wish I had that kind of courage or you know like or they've got a dream but they just don't know where to go what to do what would be your advice to them like what would be one thing you'd say to them I would say read the alchemist oh my goodness yes read the alchemist and then when you read it read it again and then every time you get confused read it again because it will continuously give you new answers it will continuously shine a light on a different part of your life and I actually wrote one down um, because I knew that we'd probably speak about that Um, firstly when you want something all the universe conspires to help you achieve it. I had to write it down. It's stuck on my computer upstairs, but I had to write that down. And the other important thing is the boy said, my heart is afraid that it will have to suffer. And the alchemist responded, well, tell your heart that the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself. And that is the most important message that I could give that's been given to me by Paolo. And I, I speak like that as if he gave it to me personally, because yeah. I take it very personal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I went on it. We, I drove to Byron Bay with my partner. We do that every year. It's actually quite a beautiful journey. And we, we go to the blues fest, you know, and we just love that, you know, kind of free spirited journey. But I actually read the book on the way to um, Byron Bay to him out loud and he absolutely loved it. And then I read more of it on the way you back. You read I, it out loud to your yeah, partner while driving. I did. Yeah. Oh my, I'm on a road trip with you, Jill. Oh my oh, goodness, you're the amazing. Most, the most beautiful journey. And he'd never read the book. And oh, I wanted wow. him to hear the book. And and it was what was funny was there was um there was moments within it, you know, that I find really passionate and I get re- and he would say it's really funny when you get passionate, your voice goes up. Yeah. <laughs> bring it back down so we actually had a really great journey but then I highlighted pieces for him and it was a good it was a kind of an eye-opening moment for him too so it is a great book book. and read the book connect with people who are like-minded find the positivity in your circle you know and if you can feel the energy drain from those people that are bringing you down step away step away set boundaries Um, I was a lot longer in my, you know, I'm 45 now and it took me 45 years to realize that I had to set boundaries (laughs) pretty much, (laughs) but set boundaries and, you know, and stay true to your heart. There's so many lessons that I've learned and so much advice that I could give. Mm. Um, and I guess if anyone wants that, I'm more than happy to give it again personally, but you know, read, I, I also have read, um, a more beautiful question and, you know, I, I, and I love, you know, I'm coaching, as you know, Deb, with, with the team and I, and I absolutely love it. And the thing about coaching for me is as I work through this coaching journey, 
Um, it's actually given me a little bit of a shivery thing every time I do something new. And the reason why is I feel like when I'm going through the modules that I've actually been doing this without realizing it. Totally. And the NLP component now I'm tapping into and I'm loving every minute of it. But I read or study a component or listen to a web and I, I have to hold myself and say, oh my goodness, I've been doing this. And yeah. I didn't even know what it meant, but this is what I'm, I'm, I'm naturally living this um, coaching style, which is, so now I'm just kind of credentialing yeah. what I'm already doing, which is so wonderful, you know. Why does that happen? Who knows? And that's why I think it's part of the journey that I'm meant to be on. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I love that you see the gift in everything. Like I genuinely yeah. love that. And that is, it's so key. And it's, it's well, you know, I'm all about the, that, uh, you know, the faith fueledness, the finding and yeah. following answers in the heart. It's where all the expansion lives. You know, I love that you talk about something you, you said earlier, um, I think before we, we, we sort of started recording this morning, when you said about, um, what did you say about give the giving and the receiving oh, piece? Yeah, yeah, this is important for me. And I, and I broke this down and I actually wrote about this. I've got a lot of writings. I'm not a published author yet, Dad, but believe me, it's <laughs> I'm on glad its you way. said yet because it's coming for sure. It's, it's definitely on coming. its way. I have book loads of writing and there's no space for you anymore because Jill's coming in <laughs> um but one of the things and I actually set up one night and this is going to sound a little bit crazy but I think to you know in this mind with this mindset I suppose it is a little bit quirky that's that's okay but I set up one night and I couldn't sleep and I was trying to figure out why what what does give and take mean that's what mm -hmm. kept me awake by the way what is the meaning of give and take I've heard that so much in relationships and in work okay so and I see the way I relate that always personally and professionally because I think if we can kind of figure out those relationships and I'm no relationship guru by the way because let me tell you <laughs> it hasn't been a piece of cake but that's part of the journey um, one of the things is, you know, you'll hear it's give and take, it's give and take. And even if you're in the midst of a heightened argument, the other person can often say it's give and take, it's give and take, it's give and take. And that used to drive me nuts because I'd think, well, hang on a minute. Yeah, it is give and take. But if you keep concentrating on your take part, then it's not give and take. It's mm. your take and take and I'm give and give. So that doesn't work. So it is give and take, but that has to actually work. And how does that work? Well, the only how I feel like give and take can work is that if I'm constantly in a space of give. So I say it's not give and take, it's give and give. Mm -hmm. In your heart, in your mind, give, 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 give. You don't need to take. If you're giving, it's going to naturally come your way. And the other person doesn't need to take because you're already filling that with bucket loads of give. So there's nothing to take. It's already there. Yeah. They're showered in your give. Do you know what I mean? So totally. not it, give and take. Give it and completely give. affirms the whole. So yeah, it's give, give, give. And the more you give, the, the more you give, the more arrives, right? Yeah. However, for it to arrive, you still need to receive it. And receiving is different from taking, right? Absolutely. Because so it's already showering you. You know, it's yeah. there. It's around you. The giving, yeah. so it's in abundance. The giving is in abundance, so if you give an abundance, yeah. you know, you sit in that space as a taker, let's say, in the taker position, let's call yeah. it the taker position, 
Yeah. Because I don't want to say the take-up or the take-up position, but if you sit in that space, you don't need to drag it in. You don't need to take it from something. It's yeah. just surrounding you. And then okay. you give and give and give and return. And then it's just all about give, isn't it? So yeah, yeah perfect. That's the way I see it, Steph. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, it's so true. And it completely mm. affirms that notion of, um, you know, receiving is an act of abundance, right? Because yeah. like you said, you give and you give and you give. Giving is abundant. Yeah. That brings around the arrival. And yeah. for, you need to, we, we do need to acknowledge that it's arrived, right? That's, Absolutely. That's that's where your gratitude lives, right? 100%. So it's it's all part of that flow. And and I will say I will say one thing about that in in that piece around giving. And I see this all the time, mm-hmm. where people get frustrated when I've given, I've given, and I've given, but I'm not getting anything back. And it's just like yeah. it's you never get back from where you give. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. you give, 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 keep giving, never stop giving. Right. That's that, that's where the abundant heart comes. But don't expect to get back from whence you gave. Right. Yeah. You don't give to the homeless and expect the homeless person to come back and go. Well, he, right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And see, isn't there a kind of. Yeah, I totally get that. And and then you have to be careful with that, too, because if you're in a relationship situation and you're giving, 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 but you feel empty something well there's a there's a disconnect so Mm. what is that and look I've been there many times you know and um so what does that mean and if if you're give give giving and you're not feeling fulfilled that's not because of your giving and you're not taking there's some there's a disconnect in the relationship and that's professional and personal again it goes back to that you know if you're feeling that you're in a workspace that you're throwing your energy in that you're doing all you can and there's you know, there's no recognition for the hard work that you're doing and it's all in good faith and everything is working well. There's questions, you know, yeah. there's, there's more questions. But yeah, so, you know, it's a whole, it's Pandora's box of, uh, oh, yeah. isn't it? You know, totally. once you open it, it just goes on and on. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So let's, yeah. speaking of giving, you are such a generous soul. You, I know we could chat for more and more hours and, mm-hmm. and we could, take the day um but we're not going to do that I'm going to get back to your day and I I thank you so much for hanging out with me this morning sharing your wisdom sharing your wisdoms with our listeners and um and I I just I love 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 what you're doing with Clover Lane Consulting and now take a chance on me I think is such a such a beautiful addition to the mission it just supports what you're doing so so perfectly so yeah yeah onwards 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 with love my girl you're amazing thank you Deb thanks for inviting me it was absolutely beautiful it was beautiful to see you always (laughs) and here we go let the journey continue huh indeed all right wonderful day I'm gonna drop everything in into the show notes people can connect they better connect they will be on to them (laughs) (laughs) thanks Deb thanks Jill Thank you. I'm Deb Han, and this has been Ambassadors, the podcast. I trust you enjoyed this message. For more episodes like this one, subscribe, rate, and share. And to discover your own faith-fueled mission statement, pop on over to the debhan.com site and follow the prompts. I'd so love to hear about your experience. Stay in touch between Ambassador episodes by following me, Deb Han, on Instagram or Facebook. And by the way, that's Han, H-A-N-N, okay? So, sure, come find us on Instagram or Facebook. And if there's someone's story you'd like to hear, 
or drop me a line. I'll do my best. Thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, keep the faith.